Welcome to Mosaic, the EDC podcast. Mosaic is a place to explore pressing challenges in education, health, and economic opportunity with the EDC staff around the world. The first 10 years are critical to a child's healthy development, but for too many families, the programs meant to support early learning and health are either uncoordinated or of inconsistent quality. And that has long-term consequences, especially for children from low-income families. EDC's David Jacobson has visited a number of communities across the United States that are thinking differently about how to improve services during these early years. In this podcast, Jacobson discusses what he has learned and how systemic changes can ensure educational equity and address opportunity gaps. So David, thanks so much for being here today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So you've just come out with a new report titled All Children Learn and Thrive, Building First 10 Schools and Communities. Um, and I thought I would start by asking you what you mean by first 10 schools and communities. Like, what, what are these things? So first 10 schools and communities are partnerships of school districts, elementary schools, and early childhood programs that come together to work on improving teaching, learning, and care for young children and their families. And what I think is characteristic of this work is that they're pulling together around three strategies. They are working to improve teaching and learning, often typically in classrooms. They are developing deep partnerships with families, and they're providing comprehensive services to children and families. And really, this is ambitious work. Often we'll see an initiative that focuses on comprehensive services, or an initiative perhaps that that focuses on teaching, improving teaching and learning in the early grades. The research really says, no, we have to do all three. And what's exciting is that these initiatives around the country developed independently. They typically didn't know about the other ones. And yet they are developing some common strategies and common structures that are enabling them to do this work well. Paint a picture for the need behind this work. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, there are already a lot of services out there for families, for children in preschool. So what is the need to sort of reinvent the system? So one thing that is widely known about early childhood and elementary education in the United States is that we have really fragmented systems. We have a lot of different programs, but they're not coordinated with each other. So we have home visiting programs, all with different requirements and different funding streams. We have community-based early childhood centers offering pre-kindergarten Uh, We have school districts offering pre-kindergarten, and typically school districts and programs serving children ages zero to five don't collaborate very much or or only have limited kind of coordination with each other. Uh, We also have health programs, library programs, and so we really have a lot of different stakeholders, but not so much coordination and alignment. And the research is really clear on this that children do best when the experience they have at any given time is really building on the previous experience. So we want pre-kindergarten to build on what infants and toddlers experience, and we want kindergarten to build on what pre-kindergartners experience. And then in all of these uh, settings, we want parents to be connected to the services that they need to uh, support them. And that's particularly important for low-income families. 
I want to dive into the report a little bit. So you identified two different structures for implementing this first-time model. One mm -hmm. is called the school hub, mm -hmm. and the other one is called a community partnership. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if you can tell me what each of these models looks like through the lens of these sites that you visited over the past few years. Sure. So um, a school hub is anchored by an elementary school. So to take one example, Sandoz Elementary in Metropolitan Omaha, and it's participating in a pilot with nine other schools. And so Sandoz has a, a full-time home visitor who has a caseload of 15 families with children ages zero to three, so infants and toddlers. Sandoz also has a, a family facilitator who's working to support families with children ages three to eight. And then it also has an instructional alignment coach. And these three really work together as a team and work with a bigger team in the school to help coordinate this work. So at Sandoz Elementary, every month there is a parent-child interaction group for children ages zero to three and their families. And there's another parent-child interaction group for older children ages three to five. And as children turn from three to four, there's a handoff from the home visitor of that family to the family facilitator. So this really shows the work taking place along the full continuum uh, with elementary school, pre-K age, and infants and toddlers. And what is exciting in this pilot project in general and at Sandoz specifically is the extent to which the principal has really, not the principal and the whole school has really embraced the initiative. The principal introduces herself as a birth through fifth grade principal. All of their slides and their, you know, their materials describe the school as a birth through fifth grade school. The children are used to hearing announcements over the loudspeakers about the home visiting program and about the parent-child interaction groups. They know that their school serves young children. Um, the home visitor uh, you know, tells a story of a little girl coming up and saying, letting her know that her mother's pregnant uh, and so that she would, as they know that they provide these services. It shows the extent to which the kids have really internalized the, the mission of the school. Right. And you said something really interesting there, which is that the principal introduces herself as, I think you said, a birth to fifth, fifth grade, fifth uh -huh. grade uh -huh. principal. So what does that mean to you? I mean, that, that seems like a very different way to describe yourself as, as, as the leader of a school. Right. It suggests that the school, and I saw this in a number of schools around the country, they're really thinking that they serve children from birth. Another principal said, you know, I, I asked him, what do you think about this? And he said, you know, I really think of the future and how exciting it's going to be when these kids that we've been working with since they were infants, it's going to be exciting when they are come to kindergarten and it's going to be exciting when they're in fourth grade. And I think, you know, he was expecting to see that these kids are going to be are, are going to be thriving. Right. So now Santos is an example of a school hub, mm -hmm. um, but I know you've also visited some community partnerships and I believe uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts is an example of, of that. So tell me about what's going on in Cambridge. Sure. So uh, in 2015, uh, with support from the city council and the school committee, Cambridge developed a birth through third grade plan. And since that time, Cambridge has really implemented that plan. So we're now in the third year of implementing uh, that plan. And 
the city the, of Cambridge has made a significant investment in this plan, spending $1.3 million in year one, $2.3 million in year two, and $3.3 million in year three. They've hired a director for the, this partnership and a couple of staff members. They've um, assembled a steering committee and three subcommittees to guide this work. And over this time, they have implemented a comprehensive set of initiatives that address the full continuum of early childhood and elementary education and care. So just to give a few examples of some of the initiatives that Cambridge has implemented. So uh, one is that they have implemented a pilot project for nine early childhood centers, community-based preschools, that are all working to improve their quality. So these preschools have come together and through this pilot project received mentoring for directors, coaching for teachers, a lot of professional development, and as a cohort of programs, they are uh, working to improve in the state's quality rating and improvement system. And the results have been very uh, strong. All of these programs have shown improvements in the in, in the in measures of classroom quality that the state requires, and these are reliable, uh, sound um, measures. So that's really exciting to see this. In addition, Cambridge has implemented a pilot for uh, family child care providers. Um, many uh, children uh, across the country are cared for by family child care providers. They all work individually under challenging circumstances often, so bringing them together for professional development is really important. And those family child care providers have really have been very receptive to this work and are very excited about the supports that they're receiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition, Cambridge has developed a transition plan that will help guide all children from family child care and community-based preschools, and who are being taken care of by family members into the school system. Cambridge is developing a home visiting system that's gonna support all the home visiting uh, programs in the city. They've done an inventory of all their parenting education programs. They've developed a citywide definition of family engagement and partnership. So you, you get a sense of the breadth of work that's taking place across the city. Right. So we've talked about Cambridge just now. We've talked about Omaha. And I know in the report, you talk about some other communities that are Mm -hmm. engaged in Mm -hmm. this work. But I think as you sort of look at the landscape of what's going on in terms of early education, Mm -hmm. uh, you have a lot of communities that are trying to expand access to pre-K or maybe trying to increase the number of seats. But it's been harder to sort of get these large scale changes going. What do you think it would take to implement more of these first 10 communities Mm -hmm. across the United States? Mm -hmm. So I think we will need action at the community level and action at the state level. So there are many communities across the country have formed partnerships to work on education. And often these partnerships will include early childhood components and elementary components. Often they'll have goals for each. But typically uh, the work for children ages zero to five is kept very separate from the work for elementary school. And often communities will have two entirely separate teams to do that work. What the first 10 schools and communities suggest is the power of bringing that work together and to bring school districts and elementary schools together with the uh, zero to five early childhood community and work on strategies across the full continuum. So I think that's what's really required at the community level. At the state level, uh, 
The states that are leading this work are doing it through a combination of providing technical assistance uh, to communities, making policy changes that make this work feasible, and by providing networking and financial resources to communities. Uh, one good example is in Oregon, where the state legislature has funded a program in the state budget to do this work in an ongoing basis. And then another example is taking place um, now in Maine, where Maine has assembled a, an interagency state team that includes both education and health. And that state team is really trying to support 13 communities across the state that are doing this work. So that's exciting to see this workplace taking both uh, at the level of, at the state level and at the community level and in concert with each other. Well, David, I really want to say thank you for stopping by to talk about early childhood today. Uh, the report's really interesting, and I hope people check it out. Thanks so much, Bert. Great to talk with you. Thanks for listening to Mosaic. For more information about David Jacobson's First 10 initiative, or to learn more about EDC's work to improve early childhood education, visit us online at edc.org.